After months of waiting, finally sports are back in our lives and isn't it great? Real games, real results and real meaning behind them. I know what I'm watching too in the NHL, where the Toronto Maple Leafs finally break through and bring Lord Stanley back to Hogtown. They, well, they probably won't, but I'll be watching for that anyway. On the baseball diamond, hasn't it been great just watching Aaron Judge for the Yankees sock them dinger so far? That's been fantastic to watch. And of course, the best league in the world, the NBA, down in Orlando, in the bubble. Things have been going great so far. At the end of this, will we see a new champion? Will the Lakers break through? Will the Bucks win it? Or will the Raptors go back to back? Well, only time will tell for those things. But one thing you don't have to wait for is to get 40% off an annual subscription to The Athletic. That's right. Head to theathletic.com slash no dunks and sign up today and you will receive 40% off an annual subscription. That's right. Head to theathletic.com com slash no dunks to receive 40% off. And that won't only give you access to the basketball content on the channel. It will give you absolutely access to every single article and podcast on the Athletic Network. So go and do it today. You won't regret it. That's head to theathletic.com slash no dunks and receive 40% off an annual subscription today. Welcome to Bubble Wrap, recapping NBA action from Tuesday, August 4th, down in Disney World. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube, and much love to all of our podcast listeners on the Athletic Network and Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your No Dunks classics. I'm Jiggy Skeets. Joining us tonight, as always, Tass Mellis. Pop, pop, people. Pop, pop. Tassie, I even got some uh, Bubble Wrap here. You want me to do some here? Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa. Holy... We also got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, hey, we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends, mm, Lily, and last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello, Darius, and here we are. Lots to talk about again on the bubble wrap, and we're going to start tonight with a little good news, bad news again, guys. So Uh-oh. it's up to you once again. Do you want the good <laughs> news first or the bad news? You tell me, gentlemen. It's your show. Yeah, I, I like baddie. I, I I start. I want to start with the bad news because then you get the good news, and then it sets a good good tone for the rest of the show. Okay. Any other any other picks out there? What do you guys think? Come on, now. come on. I, I always Speak want the up. good news first. I always want the good news first, but I feel like I made the call last time, so I'm happy to hop on board here. <laughs> All right, we're going bad news. Lee, <laughs> there we go. There we tonight? go. Lee, are you awake tonight? What's going on, I, man? I am. I am. All right. I am. Yeah. Give me the bad news. Okay, bro. we're gonna start bad with the bad news, bros. News. <laughs> Yes, the Grizzlies announced today that forward Jaron Jackson Jr. will miss the rest of the season after tearing his meniscus against New Orleans on Monday. Um, this is not the first time that you know he's had a knee issue. He sprained a knee in February and then missed, like I think it was nine games leading up to the suspension of the season. And he was balling out here, down in the bubble. But Jaron Jackson Jr. out for the rest of it and... The Grizzlies, we talked about them last night. They're already, uh, you know, looking for their first W still. And he was, I think it's safe to say, was their best player down here. Mm-hmm. Averaging, you know, 25 points per game, a little bit over that. And, um, you know, hitting all those threes. So a tough blow for not only Triple J, but of course the Grizzlies' chances of either holding on to the eighth or at least getting in the ninth there, Tass. What do you think of this? Yeah, it's terrible for him as a, just individually as, as the second big injury this season for him, taking him out and sticking with that 
second theme or that number two theme. He's their number two guy in general, even though he's their best player so far through three games. And they're lacking a third best player right now. It's been a big fall off after, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant at this point, who is struggling himself a little bit. Uh, So this is horrible for their chances. I didn't think even before the Jaron Jackson news that they were a favorite in any of their games the rest of the way. I thought they would be the underdog the rest of the way just because of the way they're playing, because you're playing tough teams in the bubble, and uh, it's not going to be easy. Stay stay around for our uh, pick and payoff at the end of the show because they are part of our pick and payoff where they're an underdog whether Jaron Jackson Jr. was playing or not. That being said, still got a shot at making the playoffs because of all those teams behind them playing against each other. Definitely a good shot of being in that play-in game, uh, regardless of their record, uh, which uh, I said last night, I was questioning whether or not they're going to win a game, period. So this is obviously very, very bad news. What do, what do we think they're going to do here with the lineup? Is it as mm. simple as putting good old Canadian boy Brandon Clark into the starting lineup, um, who's been all right, 12-6, and six, shooting you know unbelievable percentages down there in the bubble? Or is it, I think it was Hollinger I saw a tweet, they're playing Utah, um, you know, is there a possibility with the way they play, because they're actually, you know, sort of small themselves, Utah after Gobert, do they go with a Grayson Allen or a Melton in there next to Brooks and bump up slow-mo Kyle Anderson to the four? Lead, what do you think, uh, you know, Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies should do? That's the problem. They're very sort of thin at this position, so they don't really have an automatic choice in there. I think you probably go with Brandon Clark to start with because he's a bit bigger than uh, than who, who who's the other? Oh, Grayson Allen, Allen you said, yeah. yeah. I mean, Grayson Allen, he, he might be able to come out and give you some offense and shoot some points for you there, but I think defensively there's a little bit more of a presence with Brandon Clark. But, uh, yeah, if you're Taylor Jenkins right now, you're like – Oh, man, I, I don't know how they really replace him because, they, you know, sometimes it's like, well, just bump a few extra minutes for one guy and another guy and maybe make up for it. But, you know, Jaron Jackson was playing so well for them uh, that it really just leaves a huge gap for them. And uh, it's just such a blow because, you know, after the season they've had coming into this bubble, we were all kind of hoping that they could end this season on a high, get into the, the, uh, into the playoffs. And they still could in theory. Mm-hmm. But from what we've seen from Morant so far, uh, it's just not going to happen. I think they're going to get overrun here and... Uh, this just makes it even more difficult for them. It's just the worst case scenario, period, for Memphis, right? They've had such an overachieving season and people are feeling so optimistic to leave with one of your franchise players uh, hurt in July or I guess August now at this point. And the next season is going to be starting in November or December, uh, depending on when they actually report for camp. It's just that it's a really a double blow, right? Because he'll still yeah. be recovering at the beginning of next season. And obviously as a young player uh, on a young team, it's basically... Uh, him and John need to just be playing together as much as they possibly can, even if they were to go 0-8 in the seeding games, right? They're still playing games that matter at this point, and that would have been huge. Like, we were talking about development for the Pelicans as well. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's too bad. I would go with Brandon Clark as well. I think you might as well work on developing him alongside Ja. I think the Grizzlies look pretty good when it's Jaron, Ja, and Brandon Clark. They're able to play a little bit faster, so maybe they're able to find a little bit of magic there with uh, Clark stepping in. Yeah, I uh, looked it up just because I was curious. You know, how many games did Brandon Clark start uh, in his rookie year? It was only three. They didn't go well. <laughs> He's got a combined three points mm. in his three starts. Yeah, really odd. Um, one, he I think he played three games. I don't know if he got injured in that one or something happened. And the others, you know, limited minutes too. It was like 20 and 10. He was actually playing more minutes when he was coming off the bench. So that probably means nothing. I'm with you guys. I think they just put him in there. You know, they got to get a W here, and uh, he's your best chance. I mean, Grayson Allen has hit threes, but uh, 
have a little more confidence maybe in Clark and then just give those minutes anyway. Something they got to come off the bench um, to, to Grayson Allen and Melton and keep sort of that consistency. So we'll see. That sucked. Okay, the good news. The good news, guys. We got another wedgie, baby. Ooh. Here Ooh, we go. Kendrick Nunn sticks wedgie number 38 on the season. And it was beautiful because we had Harlan on the call with Reggie, but Harlan really <laughs> selling the wedge. He took like a what? what he, he made a weird sound. Yeah, he was yeah. grunting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he pretended was, he was suffering the wedgie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he pretended like he had underwear <laughs> in between his cheeks. He was right. grunting. Uh, I've got one. Yeah, great, great Harlan. He was on fire tonight. <laughs> Incredible call. Great wedgie too. That's you mm. know that's uh, that's where you get a lot of them right there on the on the. On the wing for the three-point <laughs> In land. between the rim and the backboard. Classic wow, spot. Wow, where he shot it, man. Where he shot it. Yeah, uh, yeah. On the angle, the some... angle for sure, like like Marv likes to call it. Yeah, yeah we'd, have to, uh, we'd have to get somebody to look like at every wedgie that's happened. <laughs> where they've happened the most. I'm actually intrigued now. It feels like that type of three is uh, at least three-point shots where we get them the most. But that's yeah, a wait. Kirk Goldsberry project for sure. Let's holler at <laughs> that guy. Uh, yeah, I think, and I think you're... Doubly as excited, Skeets, because that's right in view of the camera. So you have a nice full yeah. view of that wedgie. Oh yeah, as it as it happens. Yeah, so. I mean, look, there's not a lot of uh, you know manually operated cameras down there with humans operating them. So it's a lot of robotics, and uh, they went to a quick tight shot of that. Well done, TNT. <laughs> right into it. And you're right, Tass. I think they were helped by the angle at all. So that mm. was good. Uh, so 38 and Tass, come on in. Only 12 to go. You don't. You don't. You don't have. You have little faith in fifty. You've been saying the whole time. Sure, fifty. Let's do it. I, 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 they've we've had thirty-one games down there already in the bubble. They're flying two wedgies. It's a it's a quick pace. It, it's a it's a quick pace. Can they keep it up? Are they are they the Rockets? Can they keep this up? Playing small ball, playing wedgie ball the entire time down there. We'll see. <laughs> Wait, we will see. Right. We got a bit of a new segment here tonight. We're calling it Rate It. Give me a 10-point scale, and I'm like, yeah, sure. This is a 10, this is an 8, and this is a, that's an 8.5. You know, it's a lot of fun. I like to rate things. Very simple, guys. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to have you rate things uh, that happened here on a Tuesday in NBA action. So the first one, let's start with this. It was beautiful. On a scale of 1 to 10, Lee, rate Devin Booker's buzzer beater versus the Clippers. 10 being the best, obviously. of course. Yeah, <laughs> Well, 10. with you, it's I a, never know. You'll it's, reverse it's, it. <laughs> Look, this yeah. one's obviously a 10. I mean, a buzzer-beating, game-winning swish over a challenge, a title contender in the Clippers uh, has to be a 10. But, I mean, I just want to talk about the build-up to this because the, the, the Suns had the ball there and Devin Booker had the ball, but he passed it to Aiton and, and Ricky Rubio ended up taking a bad shot. Zubats gets the rebound makes the pass, and then Michael Bridges makes an incredible defensive play to sort of like loose, uh, make a loose ball. The Suns get it back, and then Devin Booker does what a franchise guy should do, takes the ball and says, right, I'm not passing to anyone. I'm going to go and finish this off. And he ends up basically taking at one point almost four of those clippers, ends up shooting over the outstretched arm of Paul George. Kawhi Leonard is there as well. But that's what a superstar and a franchise guy has to do in that situation. Like say, I'm just going to take this shot. It's going to be on my shoulders here. Obviously, if you miss, it goes to overtime. So it's not like, uh, you know, they would have lost the game. But Devin Booker, I look, you know, watching back over this last quarter, he came on with 6.55 to go mm-hmm. and they scored 12 points. And of those 12, 10 of those points were either a Devin Booker basket or an assist. And mm-hmm. I thought that was one time we've seen because it hasn't been a great career in terms of team success for Devin Booker so far. But that coming down the stretch, 
is again a franchise altering player right there taking the, taking control had a great pick and roll with deandre ayton to get a basket and those other ones just went to his spot that little mid-ranger and knocked in jumper after jumper after jumper ricky rubio uh, was the only other one who scored a basket and that was i think he might have got a hockey assist but that really one wasn't counting didn't really count for booker but uh, i thought overall to close out this game against the clippers who were at full strength for what they have in the bubble right now uh was a very very impressive win the best part maybe being that it came against the Clippers, who now have Joakim Noah, who you'll remember last summer, uh, had the infamous clip of they're playing pickup ball, and Noah's out there barking to double-team Devin Booker on the side, and Booker's like, you can't double-team and pick up. What is this bull crap? And Noah's like, of course we can. And then here he is, basically, like you said, Lee, double, tripled, uh, actually more like it, and uh, does it over Noah in the clips. And, and swishes it I mm-hmm. mean just pure Trey Kirby with that little fadeaway Ooh. and a great celebration too just the straight up plank on the <laughs> ground or lie down yeah Shavasana I'm not into celebrations is what he said so the guys got me because I was on the ground I, I, I had no choice they came down that was awesome iron sharpens iron I wonder how close it was like a year to the day from the Joachim Noah clip right like was it 368 days who knows and it just like came around perfectly but I mean this is an easy 10 if only for it gave us the real the first real iconic action shot from in the bubble the picture of Booker hitting it over Paul George and you can see all the virtual fans in the background reacting with their hands up on their head how do they already know to react man how do they know Uh, but it looks awesome right it's like the first uh, classic picture I think that we've seen from this and I don't know. That's pretty cool. That was a great shot. And the Suns, I'm believing in the Suns a little bit right now. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm believing. Yeah, the young Suns, uh, still perfect. One of the rare teams down there that's still perfect. I think there's only three now after the Rockets uh, lost tonight. Mm -hmm. It's the Suns, it's the Pacers, and the Raptors. Um, And the Raptors are are 2-0. The other two teams are 3-0. Yeah, they're still in it. Um, It's still so unlikely because they were so far back when we started this thing that they could get in there and and force the Mega Bowl task. But it is nice to see them picking up these wins and and being a fun watch. And then Booker, you know, he was going going toe-to-toe with Kawhi Leonard here, really. Like, I know they weren't, like, guarding each other every single time. But, I mean, shot for shot, the star guy on the teams were hitting all these buckets down the stretch in this game. But Booker's done this for three straight now. Uh, down here, like good scoring games, task, but within the flow still of the Suns' offense, and, and, and then paired with Aiton, who's played really well and bridges what he's given defensively. There, that nucleus nucleus looks great. Yeah, I wonder uh, that head to head, the toe to toe that he was going with with Kawhi influenced Kawhi's comment after the game because Kawhi just said, "Yeah, he got to his spot. It was a hard <laughs> shot, and you actually cut him off. You actually did a great job of being a part of." Uh, a double team that really put him into a tough position. But I thought that whole sequence there was, it was almost like a movie because it almost seemed a little made up the way uh, Rubio misses it and then Zubats collects the rebound. But, oh, no, he makes a bad pass. Mikael Bridges is actually really nice uh, deflection Yeah, that was a there. nice deflection. Yeah, but just, yeah, as uh, the commentator said, a little overzealous by uh, Zubats who played a really good game. And then Booker with that ridiculous shot, it, it definitely seemed like a... a a storybook ending, and uh, yeah, it, they may not have a storybook ending here in um, in or- Orlando, but yeah, we mentioned you mentioned the core. We talked about it last night. Cam Johnson looking really nice. DeAndre Ayton looking pretty solid, and just like we said about the Grizzlies, eight games in the bubble, which feels sort of like playoff games. I don't know if it's you know, like if it's just me, but 
feels like all these games, you know, especially for those teams down there, are all playoff games. And mm-hmm. so I'm getting a little sweaty watching them. I'm sure it's good for all these dudes to be playing in in these games. And yeah, I'm yeah, we've all sort of ridden the high, the wave of the Phoenix Suns. Here they come, type of uh, <laughs> oh, type yeah. of idea, oh, yeah. but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm riding it too. It's hard not to. It's hard not to when when they go three and zero like this. But yeah, there's just there's so many freaking teams, and so um, yeah, the only team I think you can really count out are the Kings. Uh, but the Blazers, Spurs, and Pels are still alive, uh, yeah. and and so yeah, I, you know they they've shut us all up. At, at the very least, I, I don't know if that was part of their motto coming into the bubble, but I'm sure they heard all the talk about out there saying, hey. Wizards should not be there. Suns should not be there. Uh, but I don't know. Is this this is the best three game stretch of their season? I'm sure. <laughs> oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. Especially when you cap it off with a Booker game winner. Yeah, that was a that is a was a great shot. And you're right. I think that's true. It's like the first sort of iconic moment, at least in terms of uh, one shot here from the bubble with all of the photos and stuff like that. That's one thing I'll say. I've been enjoying about uh, the bubble life down here. These games. The Getty images, they're beautiful. Uh, the lighting is fantastic because the lighting from arena to arena changes. Some are great, some are poop. And these are just consistent. There's only three arenas as it is, and they all look the same. Like, I don't know about you guys, I can't tell ever what arena they're playing in. Never. Like, nah. they, they look identical, right? Like, on the broadcast. Yeah. For, I know, I'm sure there are little small things that someone's going to point out in the comments, but it's like, I'm like, I don't know. Are they in the Visa Athletic Center, HP? <laughs> I don't know where they are. They look identical to me. This is not a Cox Pavilion, Thomas Mack, Thomas and Mack. No, for me. you can you can tell the difference in those two. These ones, it doesn't matter. No one, it doesn't. You know, because no one has an advantage, so it doesn't yeah. matter. They all look great, which is good. Yeah, I, I do. Sort of, I, I, I do think uh, the virtual fans there were upset with the turnover, the giveaway, and that's why the hands 100%. were on the head. That's what I think too, Tess. Yeah, because yeah. they're on like a, the tiniest of delay, and I think they are reacting as a Clippers fan. Oh, Zubats, what are you doing? And then it's. And then it sort of times up well with Booker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they are pre-recorded. <laughs> and that's why every arena looks the same. And that's how the fans knew. I don't know. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's a, it's a high-intensity moment. Just throw up the video where fans have hands on their head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. The, uh, the, well, the, well, the Booker Noah exchange was actually 50 weeks ago, apparently, to the day. It was August 19 Ooh. last year. And someone's actually got the transcript. I'm just going to quickly read it here because it's Booker. It's hey, bro, funny, yeah. we're not doubling an open gym, bro. Noah, yeah, we are. Booker, <laughs> I get that shit all season, bro. Come on. Noah, yeah, we are. Booker, let's work in our game, bro. Noah, yeah, we are. <laughs> Booker, let's work in our game. Noah, it's part of our game. Booker, running a double in open gym? Noah, yep. <laughs> I mean, this is the best part. Noah actually helped Booker yeah. hit this uh, this no game winner because uh, he was yeah. doubled. It's like, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a great exchange. Thank you for that there, Lily. All right. Our next one, uh, TJ Warren with another solid night, especially when it came to shooting the ball. Uh, very high field goal percentage once again. So rate this out of 10, Trey. We'll go to you here first. TJ Warren chances of winning NBA bubble MVP. Not a real award, but let's just make it one. What do you think? How do you rate that? Uh, his odds of winning big bubble boy. I give it a 10 right now. It's an easy 10 right now. I told you I'm feeling very optimistic. Uh, but none of us mentioned him yesterday when we were talking about the most impressive players in the bubble so far. 
at that point, he had had a 53-point game and a 34-point game. And little did we know that Skeets was going to be giving him the woe beezy later on in the show. <laughs> Today, he comes out another 32 points, another win for the Pacers. He's shooting 65% in the bubble so far. He has one turnover. One turnover. That's crazy. I mean, he's probably not passing the ball a lot because he's on fire. He makes every single shot he takes. Uh, he's got to be the MVP three games in. Yeah, yeah, and his team's undefeated too, right? as yeah. we said. So, yeah, I don't see how Still. you... I mean, Anthony Davis has been incredible. Luka's got huge numbers. There's other guys, but uh, yeah, I don't know how it's not him right now. The chances, like, uh, at the end of the all the seeding games, can Warren keep this up, Lee? That's the real question. To, yeah. Can he keep going for what feels like, well, he's averaging 40, but, you know, 30-plus every night out down there? Yeah, well, you know, people like to just the games to come thick and fast when they're on a hot streak. And he's got a game again on Thursday, then again on Saturday, then again on Monday, then again mm-hmm. on Wednesday. So he's going to stay hot. And on Monday, it's the game against the Miami Heat. So uh, Jimmy Butler didn't play today for the Miami Heat. Hopefully, God, he, I hope he's back. Because if Warren is hot and he can put 35 or something <laughs> like that on the Heat, that is just going to be so good. So, uh yeah, it, it's great. I mean, you know, because he is doing it in the offense. Again, he, he's just going out there. He's confident. He, he's shooting the ball, but he's not just out there trying to just bomb away. Um, although, again, uh, not not to not to uh, be a Debbie Downer here, but his last two games were against the Wizards and the Magic, who have just been awful. So he's had plenty of opportunity uh, out there. But uh, now they face the, the Phoenix Suns, so another team that's playing really well. So um, that'll be that'll be. I mean, I don't want to say it's a, a revenge test. game, Lee. It's a revenge <laughs> yeah, game. This is going to be our oh yeah, yeah. I forgot fifty-five the, plus. Like, this is the, yeah. this is that game. He's yeah, going to yeah. get 60, 69. I don't know oh, what it is. Did fuck. you see some of the shots he was hitting in the first half? Yeah, just like yeah. one-footed floaters from the free throw line where he's kind yeah. of fallen over. Uh, the only thing I can like relate it to is a Tim Duncan fadeaway, but he was going forward and it was swish. It was swishes from fifteen feet. It was just throwing yeah. him up. For the like the third game in a row, you heard their announcers calling, "Oh, that's a heat check," and it went in. It's yeah. a, he's on a hot streak right now. So yeah, like you're saying, Lee, keep the games coming mm. thick and fast. He's like yeah, Flip, he's like Flip Murray at the uh, in the in the fantasy basketball around 2005. Oh, for he just, sure, <laughs> he just came out on fire. Everyone tried to trade sell high on him. So uh, it might he might cool off TJ, but uh, you know so far so good. It it it's so weird. I know he was drafted by the Suns. It feels like he never played for them, though, right now. It's like they were just forgotten years, you know. I can't because... imagine you were watching a lot of Phoenix Suns no. games when uh, Warren was on. No, Nor was I. No. I'm not calling you out. Uh, no, no. Not no, a lot, no. at least. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's got the revenge game there. Ah, this is – it is fun. I'm almost pissed off with him, though, because at some point, especially now being six days into this thing, six nights into this thing with the bubble wrap – you know, you got to like get up away from the computer, away from your TV screen every once in a while. You got to get outside, right? Tass, you got to go for a run if you can. So I'm like at times like, okay, you know, a Pacers magic game. Both of them had, had you know, had won a lot of games so far down there. That's great. But it's like, okay, what is this really going to mean in terms of anything? Maybe I can get out and not watch this one. And then he starts on fire and then you're like, well, I got to see if he's going to go for 50 again. Like I can't leave. Um, so it was almost infuriating to me. He's too good. He's pissing me off, Tass. Because now suddenly I got to watch Pacers games on top of all these other, you know, TNT games and the ones before that. Yeah, and I thought the Magic were at least up in his grill. I mean, they are a pretty good defensive team, uh, and but he just decided to heat check them. And when you're hot, you're hot. When you're thick, you're thick. You're heat, and you're heat, and you're <laughs> thick, and you're thick, and you're fast. You're good. Uh, so that's what's happening with that guy. I mean, yeah, he's going to slow down, but. Just keep it going until August 10th. 
until Jimmy Butler <laughs> comes back. I mean, that's all that's all I'm waiting for. But then we're going to get it in the first round of the playoffs, it sure seems like, anyways, mm. uh, unless the Heat uh, can catch the Celtics because they keep winning. And there's a chance that the, the Heat can jump into the three seed, but it sure seems like the, the Pacers are locked into that five. So we hopefully will get it for a full round and on August 10th, Jimmy TJ. Jimmy says TJ's not even in my league Ooh. right now. He's, oh, he's in the same oh. league right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, they aren't in the same league. TJ's running the That's league. Right. Right That's right. Oh man, uh, I tweeted this out too. TJ Warren and the Pacers need to like get a petition going to the league for next season to allow him to never take justice off his jersey because he's averaging forty per game when he's got justice on his back. Just leave it there. I, I think that that should be a rule we're all cool with. Like, that's fair. The guy's going for 50, 30, 52, I guess, 53, 34, 32. Oh. Just, just keep it on there because it is working for him. My goodness. All right, our next one. This was, uh, I believe, the first game of the day. Impossible to keep track anymore. The Nets, they shocked the Bucks 119-116. Um, bit of a surprise here. Obviously, they were missing a lot of their guys, too, and they are taking on the Bucks. Great win. So, Tass, rate Brooklyn's upset win here, scale of 1 to 10. Where you put it? Zero. Doesn't matter at all. And I don't think you have to worry about it if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan at all. I guess it's the Nets' biggest win of the bubble. but And they're feeling good, no doubt. This was a situation where, just like you, Skeets, you want to go for your jog, but TJ Warren's going off. I wanted to take this first game off, but Jamal Crawford was going to be in attendance. He was going to wear that Nets uniform for the first time uh, since signing a while back, and he's coming off a 51-point game that he played <laughs> uh, you know, a year and a half ago almost. Uh, so I wanted to watch it. Um, and listen, when the starters for the Bucks basically don't play, uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton played the first half. Brooke Lopez sat out this one. Uh, Wesley Matthews sat out, sat out this one. It's hard to really get too excited for it. It's it's like a game toward the end of the It was the, the biggest NBA upset season. in 27 years, according to <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. I saw, it was, they were 19-point favorites, weren't they? The Bucks yeah, going something in. like that. Yeah, 18 yeah. and a half, 19-point favorites. Yeah. I'm trying to do the math. What, that's 1993, because I was going to liken it to the Raps. The, the inaugural Raps beating the 72 and 10 Bulls, but that's not 27 no, years. It was, that's uh, only 24. Yeah, but, so the Nets closed at plus 1,600 on the money line in this game. They were a consensus 19-point underdog, and CBS Sports, I think, saw, I saw it first, um, said it was the largest upset since 93 tasks when the Mavs defeated the 19-and-a-half-point favorite Supersonics. Wow. Jackson um, going off. Yeah, so uh, so it's well, big. I mean, it's got to be more than a zero. You're right. The Bucks yeah. guys, uh, they started coming out as the game went on because they're like, we're not playing for anything. But that all said, when those Bucks stars were in there, the Nets were still beating them. So they were yeah. playing really well. And I, it just, it just yeah. reminded me like a game towards the end of the regular season. We've yeah. seen a, a bunch of them this year. Uh, so... Yeah, I, listen, it was weird that Jared Allen wasn't even playing and Karis LeVert wasn't even playing. The, the, Joe Harris what, wasn't playing. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that's what also makes it a zero for me. They weren't trying to win this game. The Brooklyn Nets decided, <laughs> you know what? We're sitting guys. Why are they sitting guys? I'm, I'm confused. I mean, I don't think they're all banged up. 
are they just they're just resting some dudes? No, I mean there were injuries, there were body parts attached to their names in the parenthesis. <laughs> uh, but you're right, I don't know how extreme they were. Uh, and Jared Allen had been playing a ton, I think, too, over the last little while. So maybe that one was a little bit more rest. But like, are they not playing for the possibility of Jacques Vaughn keeping his coaching job? I mean, he is the uh, interim Best head coach right now. Jacques. I think he, I think he's four and one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> nice. And I don't know if you guys saw the reports. Uh, it sounds like a bunch of the Nets players, they got a little intel from some Rockets yeah. players who had just played the Bucks. They're all staying in the same hotel. Yeah. They're by the pool, you know, hopefully having a, um, what, a, a bucket of Corona like JD and I in <laughs> Vegas. They're like, oh, hey, you want to share a, a bucket of Corona here? And they talked about, hey, you can beat this team. Here's what, here's the, here's the <laughs> blueprint, you know, yeah. like just pack the paint. Pack the paint. Make that wall versus Giannis. Make anyone else try and beat you. Go to the zone if you got to, which Vaughn implemented multiple times in this game. There's a lot of two-three zone, and then of course uh, if you can hit a bunch of th- if you can jack a bunch of threes and hit a fair amount, you can beat the box. Jump them. Don't go chasing waterfalls. TLC was on fire. Fire. Yeah. He's actually had a couple of good games here in the bubble, and he's a guy that'll have those flashes. And it's just like TLC. You're like, wow, look at these hit singles. But are people still bumping TLC to this day? I don't know. 24 (laughs) in the Nets opener, a dud in between. And then 26 tonight. He can shoot the ball sometimes. Maybe that's one of the guys that gets to stick around when Kyrie and KD really come back. Yeah, and and again, Tass, I'm sorry to keep coming back to this. It's got to be higher than a zero for this reason. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. At least two people are now going to have to get Nets tattoos. Because they were talking before this game, if we beat the Bucks, I'll get a Jared Allen tattoo on my back. Oh, if we beat the Bucks, uh, I'll get uh, Chioza on my forearm. <laughs> they're screwed. They're, like now, you know, they're the receipts, and uh, we got a couple tattoo, a couple Nets tattoos coming our way. So again, that's uh, that's something to me. I don't know if the Jared Allen person is screwed. That's not a bad tattoo to have. <laughs> Big fro on the back. Yeah, Chioza person screwed. <laughs> Uh, but I'm getting a Chris Chioza tattoo. That's so good. Uh, Chris Corciani. Yeah. He's the Chris Chioza is the Chris Corciani of our time. Yes, that's right. Uh, hey, great hey, reference hey. for about two people. Out there. <laughs> yeah, you I'm get a... him on popping packs and pull a Chris Corciani. <laughs> he would be oh. the only person who knows who it is. I'm actually giving this a minus one because Jamal what Crawford. What the hell are you guys talking Jamal, about? Jamal Crawford played, come out there, hit a couple of baskets, uh, and then he popped his hamstring. So his his bubble might be over in only six minutes here. But uh, that's that was that was unfortunate because he yeah. was he looked solid too. I mean, <laughs> I know it was very limited minutes, but like hit a couple buckets, had a couple nice passes. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. He yeah, still has it. Uh, yep, that makes sense. Five points and three assists in six minutes. I mean, so he was on track for it. another 50-pointer. He was on track for back-to-back 50-pointers out there. But, uh, yeah, it's just disappointing because a guy like him, a veteran who, you know, was out of the league the entire year, comes back in, gets an opportunity, goes out there, starts scoring, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, does the hamstring. But he missed those first two games, I think, because of conditioning reasons. So, yeah. Um, you know, perhaps it's related, but uh, I, I no, still no, remember. no. I mean, this one was a fluke. Somebody like stepped on the back of his leg. Like yeah. it was. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like it, like no contact or anything like that. That's yeah, what happened. Yeah. But from but what I can tell, I, I, yeah. I just remember when when he was on our show and he was just sort of like, you know, he had no plans of ever retiring. I don't think Jamal Crawford. He'll, he'll be <laughs> fifty five years old, and if someone's got a ten day. He'll be ready to go, and he'll come out firing. So. He's the Julio Franco of the NBA? Is that what he's <laughs> yeah, going to be? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, well, let's keep nice going one. here. Uh, the Blazers <laughs> picked up another win tonight, defeating the Rockets by eight right before we jumped on here. Um, so, Trey, 
Rate the Blazers' chances of making the postseason. This is obviously another big win. Where, where would you put it, uh, scale of 1 to 10? I'm going triple 10s here. I'm going <laughs> another 10. The Blazers are balling. Uh, they look the best they have all season. It was, as foretold, a perfect mas- matchup for Yusuf Nurkic to really yep. put his stamp on the game. And his um, the way he looks so far in the bubble has just raised their ceiling a little bit. We see the Grizzlies have been struggling. They just lost triple J. And with Nurkic looking in shape, he looks athletic. You know, that's sometimes a concern with him, even when he's playing during the regular season, is how in shape is he and and how banged up is he feeling. He looks incredible right now, and he's just able to do so much for them to to change things and it, uh, and give them another facilitator, somebody who can make plays alongside Lillard and McCollum. Then you see Melo hitting a huge clutch jumper down the stretch and he's just there actually doing the Olympic mellow thing he's been perfect for that role Gary Trent Jr. has emerged they're looking great right now and with the Grizzlies struggling you gotta like a little bit a veteran team who is making the most out of their bubble opportunity you guys agree with that yeah I thought this one didn't need to be as close as it got in the end for the Blazers I thought with Zach Collins Whiteside and uh and Nurkic they could have just kept pounding inside and um I thought uh they sort of they, they went a little bit easy on the Rockets because James Harden is again in foul trouble. He picked up five, and I thought whenever they did attack the paint, I mean they out rebounded Houston sixty four to thirty nine here, um, and I just sort of thought why not just get going inside all, all day long? You know, I mean Jeff Green was basically their biggest defender. I mean Covington was down there as well, but uh, I, I just thought the Blazers they got the, they got the win, an important win for them, but it was a little bit closer than it needs to be because. Things weren't going all that well for Houston. And again, they just had no size at all, whereas the Blazers had three seven-footers uh, out there and um, could have exploited it a bit better, I thought, uh, you know, particularly in the sort of, um, well, early on. I thought they just could have gone to that early on and then and then let Dame and CJ do their thing. But uh, but they got the win, and that's all that counts, so uh, good on the Blazers. When Westbrook threw down that uh, huge dunk with, like, four minutes to go and did his classic, like, flex and scream, I was like, this is deja vu for the Rockets again. He had done that. He had had like a late game, like big play where he screams and goes nuts. And then the Rockets <laughs> somehow play defense for a couple minutes and pull it out. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to somehow do this again. Mm. And that at that point, it was a very, very close game. So they could have. Um, but of course, Blazers, you know, they were the ones hitting the shots late. And uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Lee. I, I'm not sure I agree with the idea of like just feed it to Nurkic. Um, they did that too, because a lot of the Rockets were fronting a lot. Yeah. And they had some nice passes over the top and then... You're like waiting to see if somebody from the the weak side is going to come and help out on that. Um, but I still like the idea of beating the Rockets with just spread them out a little bit still and make moves. And there's one guy's going to have a lapse in judgment defensively, and then they're toast. I hear you. You could also just like feed it into the big guy and let him go to work. And you're gonna you are going to pick up a lot of fouls that way, which they did uh, at times. But Harden's a great post defender, actually. Yeah, he and PJ Tucker's a great post defender. Do. The Rockets and want you to post up. Yeah, right? like, yeah, they want you to be put into a situation where you're going for a low percentage two point shot. Like yeah. post ups are not efficient opportunities, and that's what they're trying to entice. And if you fall into it, it can it can ruin the flow of your game, and it, it can be so deceiving too, right? Like you'll see Timofey Mozgov have a twenty and twelve game. It looks incredible in the NBA Finals, but you're like, if he's scoring that many points, that means the ball's not really moving to the people <laughs> you want shooting the ball. Yeah, no, I, so, but anyway, it doesn't really matter in the end. Yeah, you're right. Blazers, they got the victory tasks, and uh, where do you rate them here on their chances of actually getting into the postseason? This isn't, this isn't forcing the Mega Bowl, but ultimately getting in to the eighth seed. Oh, this is, uh, as, as far as, like, getting, uh, jumping over the Grizzlies, yeah, not, not you know, sort of middle of the pack, five, six, they have a really tough schedule the rest of the way out, but... 
Uh, I love their chances coming into this because they have the best team of all those all those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that they're healthy and, and Nurk and uh, and even uh, you know I, I thought Trevor Riza was going to be a big uh, a big omission from this team when he decided he wasn't going to play. But Gary Trent Jr. is absolutely balling, and uh, he's their doesn't start, but he's part of their closing lineup. And, and Mello moves up to the four, and he's working his butt off on on the perimeter as much as possible. And Stan Van said this. On the broadcast, both teams uh, really, really working their butts off as much as possible. And and Nurk and, and Collins had a ton of opportunities. They missed a, a bunch of gimmies. But the Rockets, you know, we questioned their size and their tenacity. And if they're going to play defense and if they're going to fight and scrap, they have done it so far. Uh, they, they've shut us up uh, so far in, in the bubble. I question if they can do it series in and series out and whether, um, whether they can just overcome all that size and i also question like you said about russell westbrook throws down the dunk ah Mm -hmm. Uh, he also likes to do that at the end of games when the games have not been decided and he thinks that this thing is over it happened earlier this year a couple games in a row where he just goes nuts you still got a game to play russ i mean you still got to finish this thing off um but i don't I can't question him. I can't question Harden. Harden was making, um, you know, the right decision when he was getting doubled every single time to pass to Westbrook. It, it was sort of like Steph Curry being doubled on the outside. Uh, the Warriors' days, Draymond Green was the Russell Westbrook in that scenario. They play four on three, and then it's just shooters around, and then it's you know, these guys, they came through. I know, it was a, you know, they they lost, but the 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 prototype is there so far. But I I I wouldn't be taking the. Uh, the Rockets to to get far, but uh, this Blazers team, I I mean, they they are the better team of all those teams at the bottom of the Western Conference playoff picture now that Nurk looks awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. They they, they feel good, and and Mello, when Mello is asking for that ball, he was begging for that ball from uh, C.J. McCollum there. That's his shot, and uh, he's playing defense. Um, So, both really, you know, historically not great defensive teams, but they're fighting like it's the playoffs. So that's why these bubble games are really, really good to start. I thought I expected, had lower expectations, but man, they're, all these guys are bringing it. Yeah, the Blazers are now into sole spot for ninth. So they're a game and a half back of the Grizzlies. They're a half game up on the Spurs, who are in 10th. And uh, we had slipped it in here on one of the bubble wrap, pod, bubble wrap podcasts about this idea. They actually have this little built-in um, de facto tiebreaker going for them, too. I'm talking about the Blazers here because they have one more win and uh, one more loss than the Spurs. So you get into percentage points, and it actually, because they've played more games, helps their chances in a, in a sort of a scenario where they uh, would have the same amount of wins, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, the, the, the odds are good that they're going to get in here despite still tough uh, competition. But every game is a playoff game. And look, you also have Damian Lillard who just closed this out in this one too. So I'm going to I'm gonna take him, you know, of course, over a John Morant. Uh, DeRozan has been money, but, you know, Booker, of course, still growing into his role. But Lillard just, he's going to be ahead of all those guys in the, hey, it's a close game. It's a one-point game. We need a bucket. Go create something. He's going to hit a step back three. You're going to have faith in that, maybe a little bit more than some of the other guys who are all playing really, really well down there. What were you going to say, Lee? Well, the Blazers are two wins up on San Antonio, according. Yeah, but they've have they all played? The, I guess they have played three games. Yeah. But the thing is, the Blazers have 31 wins. San yeah. Antonio Spurs have 29 wins. Right. Um, they've just played more games. <laughs> and so yeah. they just that's what's going to help, again, if there's a situation where their just win percentage will be like down to the like a fifth uh, decimal there. 
um, they'll be higher. That's what would get them in, which would be really mm. weird if that happens. Mm. It'd be very, very strange. A quick question about the original Gary Trent. Gary Trent Jr.'s dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he had a. He played a little with the Raptors. I remember him as a. I mean, he's a. You know, sort of an undersized power forward at six eight. I remember that. I thought he was a bit of a scrapper, a bit of a fighter, if I do remember correctly. Or am I wrong? Yeah. I just remember him as a classic, like, yeah, 90 sort of low post guy. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So, yeah, I guess to answer what you think, like just well, a, a banger. They called him the Shack of the Mac, right? Yeah. So he yeah. went to a small school, but he was the biggest guy there. So, yeah, I guess that fits the scrapper definition. Mm. I thought he almost literally he would be a scrapper, though. Like, I thought he would throw uh, down. Or maybe that's just no, his. No, I don't think so. Maybe that's his just personality or his uh, basketball prototype. Um, he was a former rapper. Yeah. yeah, that's what Tess said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so because I saw, maybe maybe I just wanted a little bit of a brouhaha because I saw, you know, when Gary Trent Jr. kind of came down on Russell Westbrook, uh, Westbrook was, you know, barreling his way to the hole. So Gary Trent Jr. gave him a bit of a, a hard foul in the hands, and, and Russ Westbrook was very angry. Uh, I had a flashback to Gary Trent, the original, thought that if, if he's like his papa, Maybe we could see some uh, some scrapping, but he kept his cool. Everybody was uh, kept their cool. Russ doing a lot of talking. Russ, the most words I think you can hear on the broadcast because he's just <laughs> always talking, especially when you know he's driving in the hoop. He is uh, he hasn't stopped moving, and because he has to create he has to create everything for this team when Harden's off the floor. And I saw you tweet about uh, they sat both their their yeah. big guys there yeah. skates there for a sec weird. which was it was weird yeah they, and they were good yeah and those, they, those, they, they actually yeah. uh, i think uh you know the lead went down or sorry the deficit went down yeah. like by two points or something yeah, yeah it wasn't brutal yeah yeah i thought westbrook actually wasn't all that special tonight couldn't hit a free throw either and uh he just <laughs> yeah he just wasn't he wasn't himself he wasn't the sort of player that he needs to be for the rockets and uh yeah at um uh, Jeff Green, man. Jeff Green. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm moving on. Uh, you start doing oh, no, that. No, no. Skeets, skeets, we can't move on think quite yet. Guy. Okay, Jeff Green. What's your Jeff Green take? <laughs> My take? Well, it's uh, look, he gets those opportunities to shoot. <laughs> and um, Hassan Whiteside was had no interest in going out to him. So yeah. it's like someone's in the corner if it's Jeff Green. He had five threes tonight. Another classic sort of, maybe this guy's all right. Maybe Jeff Green's all right. He's going to get himself another contract, you know? I, thought, I saw the uh, graphic. I think it was... Uh, 12 seasons and he's been on nine teams somehow yeah which is you know like he's not he's not that bad that you'd think he would have you know been just on so many teams for one year but he but he's been on that's 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 basically what he does he just does one year and hey five threes in a game if a team sees that they're like i could use that in the playoffs exactly. to exactly. me it seems like if he gets hit in the hands with a perfect pass it's going in but if he has to reach out of the way to catch it good luck um <laughs> the other thing uh that i really took away from this game skeets did you see the box out highlight from PJ Tucker? Oh, this man gorgeous. boxes out and Stan Van Gundy hits us with a classic, classic. box out by PJ Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was raving about box outs. It was a good one though. Oh yeah. man, he, was he got low. super low. Yeah, he got so low and he's just got that. And I also love, hey, if we're talking PJ Tucker, <laughs> let's talk about how many shoes this guy has. Hell oh. yeah, we got that report. You but got it. Sweet. Yeah, he got a little custom closet build for his shoes. You see that in his hotel room? No, I didn't. Oh, he got like a California closet for his shoes. I mean, he's got like a hundred <laughs> cubbies for his hundred pairs of shoes. 
uh, hey, I think it's worth talking about. I know it's a thousandth <laughs> time, but I think it's worth talking about. And I, I, you talk about the box out. I don't notice any bo- box outs any more than I do watching the Houston Rockets because you know mm-hmm. they're smaller. Yeah. They're all boxing out. And uh, listen, I, I got a little excited as well, just like Stan <laughs> for for that. And uh, let, let, one more thing about Jeff Green. Oh we all got a Jeff Green hot take. <laughs> oh my God. We tried to be we tried to be cute with John Hollinger. Trey and I interviewed John Hollinger at the beginning of the season, and uh, this was yeah, it was Trey's question, but I liked it a lot about Jeff Green saying, "Why does everybody sign Jeff Green, John Hollinger? You as the former VP of the Memphis Grizzlies, why why why'd you and why'd you take him on?" And he said, "He's a fine player. Everybody signs him." That's why people sign him because he's, he's he's decent. He's a decent player that can do a lot of things. Now he's not a superstar, but he's a, a replacement player, as uh, Hollinger and friends would call him. I th- I think I think that's what a replacement player means. I would add to that that I'm sure he's like an awesome locker room guy 100%. too, like yeah, a super sure, professional sure, guy. Sure. And it's like, all right, bring him in here. Okay, great. All right, moving on. All too right, much Jeff Green. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, no, no, your not, Jeff Green notes? Yeah. We got through uh, everything. No, 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 hold on. One, one more thing about this game. Mellow. <laughs> They're begging for it on the chat. I, I can't do it because it'll just randomly go to my face. So it's just like. Mellow. They want to hear mellow. They don't want to see me. But anyway, you need, you need one of those um, paddles with the mellow face and just hold that up, JD. Yeah. We'll play it. Yeah. Paddles. Okay. That's a good idea. I'll try it. That's not a bad idea there, Lee. Uh, all right. A couple more here, guys. Shams and Sam Amick say there's growing belief among the NBA's eight franchises, not in Orlando, that a second bubble site being built for mini camps and intra-squad scrimmages will not happen. There is pessimism about in-market minicamps for group workouts happening as well. So, Trey, rate it like this. Rate the likelihood, despite this report, of a second bubble still happening. One to ten. Where you go? Oh, zero for sure. This is a big zero. Um, I forgot that the Delete 8 was even really a thing and that they were putting together a bubble. And it seems like the NBA, too, because a GM told The Athletic after a Tuesday call about the thing, there's nothing happening. There's literally nothing happening. They're focusing so much on making sure that the games that really truly matter go off without a hitch and that every sort of issue that arises, they're able to address as quickly as they possibly can and they're making it as perfect as they can. The teams have been left behind. They're going to have to figure out something for the next few months before the season starts, but it feels impossible to want to care at all about these teams that are (laughs) playing games that do not matter when there are games that actually count from early afternoon until late at night. Like, mm-hmm. when are you going to ever turn on a scrimmage of the Chicago Bulls to see him punching the clock? No, thank you. And I'm a Bulls fan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I think you're right. I'm, I'm with you. Zero, zero's off the scale, so I'll go one. <laughs> but what about you, Lee? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm actually going to make a prediction. I think this second bubble does happen because the teams are going to want to get some real sort of scrimmaging games happening. And I think what's going to happen is when the Rockets get knocked out of the playoffs, Jeff Green is going to get signed by one of the teams. In the- <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to slip another Jeff Green in there. Uh, no, I can't see it happening because I just can't really see why any teams would want to pack up and have to go into that bubble environment for this when uh, maybe, you know, let's say it's a month or six weeks or whatever it is, and then have to come out anyway and go through another uh, preseason training camp before the season starts. I think 
I just think oh, it's a Oh, hold on, hold on. I mean, they may think that. They may want to do that because they feel like they're being left behind. They're, none of these guys on their teams are going to have gone, what will it be by the time, you know, there's maybe the start eight, of next season? Eight, eight to nine, nine months. months. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, a long time. These guys can't even, in theory, be playing like five on five against each other, their own yeah. team. It's yeah. got to be like sort of the one-on-o type workouts. Um, yeah. So that's but tough. Again, just to pack everyone up and put them again, is, you know, Chicago, wherever they're going to go, it just, it just seems to me that's... another sort of headache that the NBA probably doesn't really want because let's say it's not as successful there as it is in Orlando so far and and, you know with the testing and say a team gets it then it's just going to be in chaos who knows but it it just doesn't seem to be any point to doing it right now I mean we've got a league we've got the resumption of the season we're going to be in the playoffs in a week or two's time and then we just move on anyway from the season because remember you know like at the end of April or halfway through April we lose 14 teams anyway and then other, the other teams go on and play the playoffs anyway. So it's an extended break, but that's just what happens. And uh, this year was different, and 22 teams got into this, and the other eight teams, sorry, just bad luck. You're just going to have to figure something out. But, I mean, when is next season even going to start? That's the other question. I mean, it, like, I, I can't see it happening in this calendar year. I think uh, January, February at the earliest. And even well, then, probably not. Well, yeah, and I think that's a huge, huge concern for the league right now is what is going to happen next year. So as Trey said, they got to be on every single day right now wondering or, or, or just on alert at every single moment just in case something happens because it's easy to let your guard down and think, well, this bubble's going to work out, but something can happen at any moment. So yes, there's this year, but there's also next year because they have you know, have to really plan. They don't want to have to do a, another bubble situation again, as they've said. It's just a huge undertaking. So that that's on their brains as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they want to undertake another bubble, especially when the Warriors don't even want to do it. The Warriors said, we want to just do something locally. The Knicks have eight free agents, so they kind of think, well... <laughs> the Knicks didn't reply to the email. <laughs> yeah. well, like, why are we going to do it anyway? I mean, we have half our guys. Yeah, they don't they don't seem to be talking much anyways. So then the other six teams, we talked to Hawks coach Lloyd Pierce you know, a couple months ago or whatever it was, a month ago when the idea was fresh and he was on calls about it and he was very excited that his team would be going to play other teams. And I don't even think... It was about it being televised or whatever. It's just they want to get runs in. But yeah. I, I, I just think the benefits of the current bubble are apparent. You make money because of the contracts that the uh, the regional sports or broadcasters have with the teams. So there's hundreds of millions of dollars as well as the playoffs. But a, a bubble with the eight teams, there's no money. They're not making any money. And yeah, you could sell ads for this tournament which isn't really a tournament you know it's just a made-up thing but the i don't think the benefits really outweigh the risk so i I have zero hope that it's gonna happen and the local thing can happen though like yeah they haven't been able to practice but the hawks have got to set something up the hornets have set something up the warriors have set something up and and deal with it that way every team for themselves but i think the 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 nba has too much on their plate right now with the salary cap next year there's just Mm -hmm. there's a lot of planning that has to be going on for next year as well as what's happening now yeah it will be fascinating to see if like these eight teams suffer though at at the start of next year let's say like are these eight teams continue to be the the worst eight teams in the league does it have anything to do with actually, uh, you know, having nine months off? Or were you just the bad teams and you're still the bad teams? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of impossible to say. But uh, you can see, like, why... Like, a team like the Hawks is a good example. Like, 
well, you know, we just got done talking about how great this is for the Suns. You know, okay, like the Wizards are obviously getting minutes to guys and getting looks at guys and whether they're going to be uh, with their roster moving forward. You can see why it's beneficial. I mean, even if you don't, know, you know, no chance of making the playoffs, let's say, there, there is something there to that. Um, and just playing competitive five-on-five basketball at that where these other teams can't. But I'm with you guys. It's not happening. Uh, we were, and we were always saying right from the beginning, like, first off, Let's see if this bubble actually works. Okay, it does. It takes a lot of manpower and a lot of money and, you know, all of this stuff to pull it off. And then maybe they'll do it for these Delete 8 teams. But now they're just like, I think at this point they're just like, sorry, guys. you just like, no one cares. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah. like you're so far down the, 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 the list of like things we've got to worry about. Mm. Um, That's just, you're out of luck. So... That's tough for those uh, fans of those eight teams, I guess, too. And uh, we'll see if it has any impact on them moving forward. Maybe it helps them. Maybe they're the eight best teams because they're super restedly. <laughs> so fresh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, final one. JD, we're going to see your face on this one because I'm coming to you first. I think it was Tori Craig. Um, I saw it on the uh, the Bubble Life account there on Twitter. He went down a water slide while he was at uh, Walt Disney World today. So I just want to know, rate water slides from one to ten. Are you a fan or not, JD? I'm going to put it at a 5.5. A water slide is a 5.5. Okay, okay. In most scenarios. If you're just going to a water park, you know, it, they're almost always disappointing. You know, there's a lot of lineups. The ride itself is whatever. It's fine, I guess. On a hot day, it's semi-refreshing. But <laughs> if you're at like, if it's a side dish to the actual day, like at Canada's Wonderland, for example, they have the entire theme park, but then they have the water park right next to it. Yep. That's 10 out of 10, man. Like in a heat wave after a bunch of roller coasters, and then you just slide on over there. Last time I was there, it was 2016. It was heat wave. We didn't bring our bathing suits or anything. We just <clears throat> stripped down to our shorts, I guess. <laughs> Jumped in the wave pool, went on the water slides. It was the most refreshing thing I've ever experienced. So, wow. So if it's okay. a side dish, 10, 5.5 <laughs> in general. I mean, yeah, Tori Craig has helped out here, I imagine, in this scenario because he's no, there's no waiting in lines. Right. That's the worst mm. part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worst part about yeah. an amusement park, but especially oh, yeah. a water park. Like, oh, you ever done those ones where you've like had to like carry the the big inner tube up something mm-hmm. like upstairs. I don't even know if they do the same where I haven't been to a water park in so long. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You ever do it with a four year old? Oh my God. <laughs> See, that sounds like hell to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you learn a lot about stairs when you're at a water park. And that to me is why I was always, I would give water slides up until last summer, uh, a nine. Cause I love the slide. I love the slide. I think it's a, uh, just what a thrill, you know? Yeah, uh, but the, the journey up there is just so arduous. I have to dock at a point, but I had some tearage uh, on a flume, so now I have to go. I'm more like a six. I still like it, uh, but now I'm a little bit more hesitant to want to do, like, my favorite ones are, like, the giant tall ones where yeah. you're going straight down, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The scariest ones, and uh, apparently the most dangerous when you got old, brittle skin. Oh, uh, yeah. The heavier and bigger you get, I think, uh, your yeah. joy for the water slide goes down. Cause, yeah, you're going to start cutting up some things, and yeah. things are going to hurt. Lee, are you a water slide guy? Yeah, I haven't had one of those bad experiences yet. I mean, I haven't been on water slides for a while. I think the last time was actually, there's a YMCA here in Atlanta, not far away, um, and they have a big uh, water slide that goes into the pool. And I went there one day. It was uh, it was during the off-season so there was no one there, and it was great. I had a great time. So I, I was just going up and down and up and down all the time. But 
there was a uh, a natural water slide in Australia up in Queensland where you basically slide down these rocks oh, yeah. and into a uh, into like a you know pond or whatever. That is awesome, but it's scary as well because you know those rocks are sort of like you know they've been worn out, they've been divoted out over time. But if you miss one of them or whatever, you're just slipping down on these rocks into the water. So uh, it's great. It's great. I, I, but I also like those really big steep ones that you mentioned, uh, Trey. I think there's one at, water, at uh, Canada's Wonderland because I've been down that one. It only takes like five seconds or something. But you go down, you're almost going straight down. That, oh, those, awesome. those freak me out, man. Oh, the straight man, drops. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tess? yeah. Tess, Tess, what do you think? Where do you rate water slides? You fan or not? I don't like being uh, injured. And, uh, I mean, that's that's the number one thing with the, with a water slide. That's that's I'm all that's all I'm thinking about. I'm not really thinking about wow, what a thrill. Uh, I'm just thinking about getting popped here, there, <laughs> elsewhere. Like what what Trey said there. I mean, a, a torn flume. Good night. I mean, that's that's that's. Uh, I th- I think that's that that just far outweighs any excitement for me. And a water park in general. Pretty gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Will <laughs> that, they still exist? That's the cleanest place. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I do well, love a wave pool, though. I love yeah, a wave pool. Too. More waves. More it. waves. I love it. I, got, I've spent, I spent three hours as an adult in, in a wave pool sitting there when the waves weren't happening, like waiting for the waves to come back. I can't wait for the waves to come back. Uh, I'm a child. Sure. I love it, too. The anticipation, and then you finally hear that buzzer pop. Yeah. Get the goggles. I'm going to cheer from everybody in the chat right now. Everybody listening later, tweet at us at no dunk sink. Uh, where are you rating water slides? Uh, that's a polarizing one. I feel like people either are like quite low on them or love them to death. Because like you even go to an amusement park that has a water uh, water park to it. It's like some people are so into it, and some people are like, "We're not going there. We came here to ride the rides, you know." And it's like we came here to to eat the funnel cake. We're not going to the water park. But then people are all just like, oh, "We're we're breaking off, man. We're splitting off. We're getting wet." So uh, yeah, let's hear from you guys out there. All right, we're almost done here. Little boy, boy tonight. Honorable mentions: D Book, thirty-five and eight. TLC, you said it there, Trey. Career high, twenty-six. TJ Warren with a ho hum, thirty-two tonight. But the Woe Boy goes to a game we didn't talk about. Luka Doncic, uh, the Mavs beat the Kings. Kings are done. They're, it's over. Send them home. Uh, send them to a water park. Luka, though, 34 points, 12 of 24 from the floor, 8 of 11 at the line, two threes, 20 rebounds, 12 assists, and two blocks. That's a monster triple-double. And uh, it's it's just weird, these lines, man. I don't know how to put it any other way. <laughs> I'm watching these games, and suddenly like they're flashing it up that he's got you know 30 18 and, and 10 you're like what how when um but these guys man these are unbelievable numbers i don't know what was the thing he's like the, the first guy to do these type of numbers yeah. since what was it like the first guard to do it since oscar robertson i think and maybe kareem did it or, yeah it's it's like when you're bringing up those names you're doing something special so luca gets the woe boy okay tweet of the night mm, tweet of the night wow tweet ah do you have a tweet uh, uh, yeah, tonight I do, I ready do. at your fingertips? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. It actually comes from Sue Bird of the WNBA because uh, there's been... Uh, I don't want to get too heavy into the whole storyline here with, with why they're doing it, but um, there's a Republican senator here in Georgia who is claiming the Black Lives Matter movement is political and we want her out and she uh, she's a co-owner of the Atlanta Dream here. So in response, Sue Bird uh, tweeted a photo out tonight that said, uh, we are... 
w, at WNBA players, but like the late, great John Lewis said, we are also ordinary people with extraordinary vision. At Reverend Warnock has spent his life fighting for the people and we need him in Washington. Join the movement for better Georgia at warnockforgeorgia.com. Raphael Warnock is running for a Senate seat, hoping to dethrone the person who's currently in that seat. She's trash. She's garbage. She's got to go. And I love seeing the WNBA players uh, supporting Raphael Warnock. So I hope everyone who is eligible to vote will also do the same thing. Yeah, they were rocking the shirts, a lot of the that's WNBA right. players uh, right. showing up to the game tonight, and I believe that's the plan going forward for the next couple. All right, there's a tweet, Lee. We're bringing the heat here tonight on a Tuesday night. Pick em results from tonight. It was the Rockets-Blazers game. You guys tied it up with me. You all took the Blazers to cover. Moneyline win. Congrats to you. I had the Rockets, uh, so that's an L for me, but we're all 3-3. Three and three. Tass, uh, heading into Wednesday here. What are we doing, by the way? Are we going... To the end of the seeding games, are we going, you know, the end of the month? Like this will go into the playoffs? We haven't really discussed that, I just realized, but uh, Great what do question. you want to do? Feels like a, a, a seeding bubble challenge makes sense to me. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, we yeah. got to decide because someone's yeah, going to be in last place and then somebody's going to be like, hey, we didn't decide. We didn't know. I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I'm not Yeah, we're all three and three. This is a good time to decide. Right, right. Right, right. I don't let's know. Say, let's do the bubble and then decide if we're going to do the playoffs after the bubble. How about that? Okay, okay. I'm fine with I'm that. In, I'm in. Heck, sure. Okay, all right. So cool. seed, seeding games is what we're saying here. All right, you don't want to be in last place. Cool. What's the game to uh, for, for Wednesday here? It's a six-game sked on Wednesday. Now, not a lot of lines out. Some players injured, sitting out. Uh, so I have to go with an early one. So I'm sure a lot of people listening to this will say, whoa, that game's already done. It happens. Uh, the Grizzlies and the Jazz mentioned it off the top of the show. The Grizzlies, desperate for a win. They haven't won in Orlando quite yet. And the Utah Jazz are four and a half point favorites against Memphis. Wow, 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 wow. That's... That's tough, just because I'm still still holding on to a thread with my Grizzlies. <laughs> oh, man. They're not, they're not making it easy for me, though. And now they lost Jaron Jackson Jr. That, that yeah. hurts, too. Oh, boy. I don't know. Somebody got to read on it. Go nuts. I haven't, uh, I haven't been impressed with the Jazz, but uh, the Jackson blow means that I think the Jazz have got five points in them. So I'll take Utah. Yeah, I think I'm also going to go on Utah. Memphis has also played a lot early. This is their third mm. game in four nights, and they had one like two nights prior. So they've they've been an early team on the schedule. So yeah, give me the Jazz. Tess, I mean we got both teams uh, on losing streaks here, right? Uh, with the Grizzlies having one one, and the Jazz I think have dropped their last two, right? So who, who do you? Yeah, got? but I thought they looked pretty decent uh, against the the Lakers on Monday. They fought. They just didn't have the uh, the offensive firepower like the Lakers do. So I'm comfortable taking Utah. Uh, it's going to be the first time here on Bubble Wrap we're all going to be back in the same team. I can't do it. I can't take the Grizz. I think the Jazz get this win. I mean, the Thunder are right on their heels, let's not forget, too. Um, you know, there is seeding that they're still playing for, and the Rockets dropped one tonight. So, you know, the Nuggets are still in play. It's tough. It's tough. Are they? Do they really care with no home court advantage? I think enough. I think they get the win. Sorry, guys. Everybody's got the Jazz. Maybe we'll all be wrong. Maybe this is what we need to do to turn it around for the Memphis Grizzlies. I hope Grip Brandon Clark and Dylan Brooks 
shut up the few Canadians here on uh, on bubble wrap. All right. If we, if we just pick the same the rest of the way, no one will have to do a Ooh. pick and pay off because no, we're all, no, all no, of that's us. not how it all works. We all yeah. said we would all have to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Right. Guys, yeah. email us your questions and comments. No dunks at theathletic.com. We're gonna do a special beach step in podcast um, on Thursday of this week. Okay, so you still have a little bit of time. Basically, at yeah, 24 hours by the time you're listening to this to get your beach stepping questions in no dunks at theathletic.com or hit us up on twitter at no dunks inc subscribe to the no dunks youtube channel if you listen to the pod on itunes keep dropping those sweet five star ratings and reviews really appreciate it we will be back here late tomorrow night uh following i think the last game is the net celtics on espn so we will see you uh, back here with the bubble wrap clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome Thanks for joining us, and remember, somebody suggested this in the chat, so I will uh, I will, will abide by it. If we get to 50 wedgies, I'm definitely shotgunning two beers, back-to-back jacks, back-to-back, and it's not going to happen. Sorry to be a Debbie Downer. I love wedgies, but I also love beer. What am I, Brett Kavanaugh? Have a great night, everybody. Praise the name, people. You could stay.